0: Welcome to The Writer's Block. I am your host, Jennifer Harris, freelance writer, blogger, and indie author. The Writer's Block exists to give resources, tools, and visibility to other indie authors, especially minority writers, writers of color, and black writers. Let this podcast serve as a haven for all of you who need light in these dark times and who may not have a soft place to fall just yet even for those of you who have a desire to write and need support to keep going. Get your pens, get your paper. We're about to circle the block. Hip-hop is everywhere. Because it is. I've made no bones about while doing this miniseries confronting the fact that in a year I'll be 40. So hip hop is only a couple years older than I am. So when I say hip hop is everywhere, I say that from the vantage point of being a fan, a stan in certain cases, and also as one with observations of the world. Hip hop literally is everywhere from how people speak, to fashion, hmm, even to to how we spend our money, especially as it relates to um, even the conversation around music and genre. The one thing that I hang my hat on when I say hip hop is everywhere really relates to the cultural implications. We see in hip hop, this owning of language, who has the ability to say what and why do they get to say it versus these group of people that want to say it. That's beyond the N-word. That's beyond the buzzwords of classifying female behavior or owning of the female form. Now, remember, if you have been following this mini-series for some time, you know that it stacks one upon the other. So, in order to get... To lecture five as it were topic five for this week you have to go back and review the other four because this was a fast moving class so you have to understand that when I say owning language owning language simply means I have the authority to say what I say or as the kids say now I said what I said and in owning language in those cultural implications you find that now it is that same ownership of language that has made hip-hop a vehicle for social change and i truly believe that it, it has always been a vehicle for social change um i was in talking to friends of mine who are my age we literally had to sit down and take a deep breath and say, we went to school during the crack epidemic. And that's no small thing to see that that there were people literally in classes with us who were dirty for a reason, who hadn't eaten for a reason. Their lives were in total uproar over their parents' decisions. Now, what do I mean when I say again hip hop being a vehicle for social change in again in the owning of language in being in the particular situations that some of these young men and women found themselves in the only outlet they had was to write it down and put it to a beat if they could convey it then maybe somebody else could understand it and that be- therein thereby is a record of, of their experiences. They were here, as Beyonce says. You know, I was here, I lived, I laughed, I did something, my life mattered. That is the power in only language, that you, can, that you control a narrative, that you cannot be so easily erased. And also, as it relates to social change and hip hop being a vehicle for that, they're now, is a more accepting, I believe is the word. Yeah, accepting is the right word. A more accepting uh, space for those who do like woke rap like Common does versus maybe 10, 15 years ago, there was really no space for him because nobody was really trying to uh, be, quote unquote, that positive or uplifting. And my favorite song by Common still is uh, the song The Light. You should Google that. But as it relates to, again, Vehicles for Change, in that woke rap, you see that again, in with the continued thread through this this tapestry known as hip hop, you now see uh, MCs really taking a look at the world around them as never before. But the interesting thing is as they take a look around the, as they take a look, a more, panoramic, a more panoramic view of the world around them, more people who may not look like them are paying attention. What does that mean? We know that some, according to record sales and other, st- other statistics as it relates to who streams hip-hop, who listens to, uh, you know, gangster rap as the people, as uh, more old fogies used to call it, more white kids in the suburbs are listening to that or we're listening to that. So in, again, owning language with this backdrop, not backdrop, but with this continued thread of Black Lives Matter being interwoven into the experiences of these MCs, you see that they are recognizing the world is bigger, <clears throat> bigger than how much money you got, bigger than how many girls you smash, bigger than, <clears throat> you know, bigger than the... the uh, the height and dynamic of the, re- of the wheels on your whip. It's bigger than that. And I really believe hip hop has been influential in opening the world beyond the hood. That you have to understand that hip hop now is in a place where it is a force for change. That it is still a vehicle of, of self-expression. That it is still this, this machine with all these moving parts. It is still poetry it is still being able to put thought to paper in order to process to heal to scream to emote and to imagine and it still grants those who participate in it the chance to be seen and heard so the cultural implications of hip-hop cannot be overstated and it can it can no longer be overlooked Hip-hop has the, has the, and does have the propensity to cross racial barriers. It has, it has the ability to transcend, but even in the transcending, we still have who owns language. And I don't care who I offend with this. I don't care how, I don't care how cool you are. I don't care um, if you're a white kid in Chicago or, or a white kid in Nebraska or or a group of white folks in Switzerland you cannot say the n-word I don't care if it is in a song you do not have the right to say it point period end of story full stop I said what I said in examining cultural implications we have to understand the history and expansion that goes alongside this as well the one thing that I find so cool is that I have lived long enough to see a rap song win an Oscar. One of them was uh Lose Yourself by Eminem for the movie Eight Mile. Now we can talk about M and why he got why he was the first one to get it all we want. We can talk about that and have rich discord about it. But the but one of the reasons why, if we are being honest. One of the reasons why I believe he was the first one to get this Oscar for best song for eight eight mile is one is because M is as brilliant as he is. Shout to Eminem as brilliant as he is. Yes, I believe the Academy in that permutation in that time was more comfortable giving the first Oscar to Oscar for a song for a rap song to a white man. I really believe they were just more comfortable doing that. With that said, I am glad and utterly thrilled that the next Oscar went to glory for with John Legend in common. I still love that song. Justice is just the position in us. You know, th- there is a power to that song that cannot be overstated. And if you are familiar with um, the song "Glory" from the movie Selma, that was directed by the brilliant Ava DuVernay, that the original script was garbage, and she had to rewrite it. So the fact that this space, cultivated by all these, all this dope blackness, was able to push through the nominations of. I, I can't even remember what other, what other songs were nominated the year that uh, Selma came out. But the fact that this song won for, be- for best song for Selma, that is dynamic. That is incredible. And we need to see more of that. The other thing that I thought was so, so amazing was when um, Kendrick Lamar Duckworth won the Pulitzer, pl- Pulitzer Prize for his album, Damn. <laughs> I love this album. I when I first heard Humble, I you know uh, I started screaming it whenever it would be on whatever it would be on the radio and my kids and I would just scream along with it. you know uh, you know, I love that album and the fact that Kendrick Lamar won it won a Pulitzer Prize. For a rap album where he where he cursed and was allowed to be angry and mad and black and male and vulnerable, it was beautiful. And the fact that it ups, it totally upset uh, this white supremacy narrative that says that black folks can't Trent can't come over here. And he basically blew that out the water. That is beautiful. That is utterly beautiful. And my favorite and shameless plug for Kendrick Lamar's album. My favorite songs off that album are actually Humble, Element, and um, and Lust. Um, yeah, so I, I actually listen to uh, Kendrick Lamar more often than I'll say. And actually his song, him and uh, Scissor's song, um, All the Stars off the Black Panther album is a favorite as well. So, shouts to Kendrick Lamar. Shouts to John Legend and Common, and shouts to Marshall Bruce Mathers, aka Eminem. Because again, I take nothing away from the work that it takes to actually create a song, write a rap. I take nothing away from that. Again, to me, writing is poetry. Where they see lyrics, I see where they see lyrics, I see poetry. Same thing, different, different, different classifications but still hard work nonetheless. So shouts to them for those achievements. And I also believe that um, hip hop still has the, still has the window and lens to have life imitate art. It's still community engaging. You can still get a a group of folk my age and play, and play a big pop in the middle of a barbecue. People just break out, (laughs) you know, We're all eight years old. We're all, uh, you know, 12, 13 again. You still have people who um, still talk about the beef that Jay-Z and Nas had. Shouts to Nas. You still have people who remember, you know, the Sugar Hill Gang and talk about how everything after that, you know, quote-unquote, the kids don't know nothing about this, even though, we know, the Sugar Hill Gang and their song, Rapid Delight, was really... um, the forerunner for everything else that would come after it. So you have to understand also that it bridge it bridges gaps. It makes those uh divides between uh generations a little smaller. Because now my daughters when they hear my Apple Music on Shuffle, they can ask me, especially if it's quote unquote old <laughs> older stuff, that they can now ask me, mom, you know, how old were you when this when this came out and why do you like that? And mom I don't you know mom can I listen to it too so some stuff that I have on my on my apple music they can't listen to just yet but the conversations are there the conversations take place about what I'm listening to and why I was listening to it and even uh the feelings that I had while listening to it even as again my oldest daughter will be 13 in three months that when I was 13, I was listening to some of the stuff that I'm sure my mother didn't want me listening to, but I did it anyway, because some, of the, you know, to fit in with uh, the kids at my school. So I wouldn't know what they were listening to. So there is this, still, this need for hip hop to engage the world around it. Not necessarily that it, ha- it has the job to do that, but I believe that music, just like any other portion of the arts, does have a responsibility to the public by which we'll be receiving it. By the same public that will want to engage with it, that will want to purchase it, that may want to share it with other people. But the thing that I, that um, as I was finishing, this particular series, the one thing that i began to remember was this hype about um the per- the explicit advisory sticker that you found on cds yes cds <laughs> i'm old enough to remember when um, the columbia house um the columbia house um circulars that would come out where if you like bought one cd you have you get so many a month and you know, back in the old days before there was even this thing called streaming. And if, um, I'm sure for my older peeps that are listening, you know, we remember Napster and um, and other musical download places, uh, sites by which you can pull all your stuff off and save it to like the music file on your computer, but that's when computers really have the capacity to even have that. Cause I remember people who had the CD books when you would like burn it. Like it was it was a whole process. Like if you found if you found the um, music you wanted online, then you had to get a blank CD, then you had to burn it and record it, and then you would like have it and then you would quote unquote have it for free. It was a whole thing. So trust me, Apple Music capitalized on that. Um, And so does Spotify and all these other music streaming services. But the one thing that I thought as I began to really consider the meaning of Hip Hop is Everywhere is, again, this parental parental advisory sticker. I remember Tipper Gore railing about, you know, the content of, you know, this dangerous rap music, right? And the one thing I thought I began to think about, about is why does, this could this particular type of music scare white folks. I remember sadly when uh, Jordan Davis was murdered at um, a gas station because the people the the evil white man that um, heard them in the in this truck you know with their music again not bothering anybody. Now me growing up in um, St Louis I, I know that when it gets hot that most people had their music up and it's just it's just what we do your windows down music up it must be hot outside you know we we keep going and the fact that he shot into this truck because and killed Jordan because quote-unquote he he hates that music and I'm so glad he's spending the rest of his the rest of his life in jail because Jordan need not not be dead because you couldn't stand what they were listening to so the one thing that I had to really break down and begin to look at is why does rap music, why does hip-hop scare certain white folks? And the only thing that I could actually come up with is this quote by by Dr. Huey P. Newton. Huey Newton said on a television interview that whenever black people try to, matter of fact, he said whenever the black man tries to change the slave image, it will scare white people. And I believe that is that is true because oppression controls comfort because race and class still dictate visibility there is something about when uh ice cube said you know cop killer there's there's something there was something there is something that is activated and and reactive and reactive in uh the hearts and minds of uh those people who practice racism that can't stand to see anybody that is um, not white trying to assert that same authority and personhood, even in artistic form. Again, because oppression controls comfort. They're playing this music loud, quote unquote. I don't, me personally, I don't even think the music was that loud. According to the report and the story, um, from you know, from the story, and um, my my prayers go to his mother, Lucy, but Miss Lucy Bath. That I don't even believe that the the again having grown up in a major U.S. city, I don't even think. Well, my version of loud music and someone else's version of loud music is subjective. But me personally, having been a woman at a gas station with you know loud music playing around me, it doesn't bother me. If anything, it's like man, you know some of the stuff they may be listening to is is uh problematic. To me, but it doesn't necessarily bother me to the point that I need to, you know, assassinate everybody in the truck or the vehicle. But you have to understand that there will be and is a portion of white America that that will not accept this because it disturbs their comfort because they have no idea what it means to not be in control of a narrative. And with this new wave of hip hop, we have to understand what that brings to the table as well. You know, where are the standards now? Where's the guidance and where's the honor at? Because again, I don't listen <laughs> to some of this new stuff. I, I don't. I don't because one, you know, I'm a woman of a certain age and two, because they ain't talking on nothing. You know, I, everything that some of these cats are saying I've already heard and heard either in my late teens or early 20s. So there's nothing new that, that needs to be said. But if I can just throw my two cents in real quick, some of these some of the, some of these again, not all, some of these new artists need to understand that they haven't recreated the wheel. And some of them need to check and see if they stole anybody else's work. Shots fired. They also need to understand that you still need mentorship of the OG. You still need people who have been in the game for a minute to help guide you, to show you where the pitfalls are, to show you how not to fall for the things that they may have fallen for. So you can't just jump out there and discredit or ignore the 25 plus year history of the genre that you are now profiting from. Again, where is the honor at? Because I believe that honor goes to guidance. Because whom, if you are in a place where you can't receive guidance, you can't you can't give honor to anybody. Because you think you created yourself, you will think that you know you were so magnificent, so talented that you know fame was just going to be your portion. That's not always so. So I think that these new class of rappers need to be knowledgeable of the history before them. And that there is a standard that you can't just again, this is the writer in me, that you can't claim other people's lyrics as your own. You can't bite off somebody else's work and then say it's your own. You know, you can't you can't steal somebody else's book of rhymes and then say that it's yours. You can't do that. There still comes integrity with this genre. And I think, as hip hop begins to truly evolve and expand, that and maybe this is just because the writer in me is still a hopeless romantic. I believe that once these these new class of um, artists come in, that they will remember that they didn't blaze a trail, but a trail was laid for them. And my final thoughts from the girl that still loves hip hop. I still consider hip hop to be a first love. Somebody who you have great affinity for and that your life is better for knowing. I think that hip hop by its inception is meant to break rules and on some end on some end meant to upend systems and Make space for people who would otherwise be unnoticed. I believe that there are elements in hip-hop that are needed. I I believe the ownership of language, the reclamation. Or the reclaiming of language is needed and necessary. Especially for people of color. I believe that hip-hop has the ability to invoke memory and create them as well. I believe that. Some of these MCs that I fell in love with as a teenage girl are still some of the most brilliant men I've ever come across. I make no mistake and make no excuse (laughs) for the affinity that I have for Nas. I still think that he is, um, he is, he's still amazing. And I still think that Illmatic is one of the best albums I've ever heard. So shouts to Nasir Olu Dar Jones. Wherever he may be. I still love the phrase. I believe in my favorite, actually, actually my favorite Nas song is Nas's is Light. And uh the the line goes, sooner or later we'll all see who the prophet is. And I think that that lyric is applicable throughout hip hop. Sooner or later, we will see indeed who truly had talent, who truly had bars, as the kids say, who truly was able to transcend, who was able to evolve, who was able to grow, who was able to network, who was able to truly maximize their time in being both black and famous. I think that hip hop needs to give more space to women. I believe that the days of just having women as props and videos is coming to an end. I believe that there needs to be more women who are unapologetic about their sexuality. That are present in their storytelling like Little Kim is. And Eve is. Like Roxanne Shantae was. I believe that there needs to be a recognition of the problems that hip-hop has as well. Because there is this culture of toxic masculinity where to assert dominance to be the alpha male is what is aspired to. But no one tells you exactly what an alpha male is and what they do. Because being an alpha male is more than your sexual prowess prowess, and um, your phallus antics. It's deeper than how many women you can make scream your name. It's more than that. I believe that hip hop has the responsibility to engage with the world around it, to involve those who are marginalized, those who are unseen, I want hip hop to include those who identify as LGBTQIA. I want hip hop to understand that it too is a form of poetry and it is a form of self-expression and you don't need to look a certain way or sound a certain way to be involved. I want hip hop to know that as a girl listening to this music and being identified as a bitch was hurtful or being seen as just body parts was hurtful. I need hip hop to know that you can do better than what you're doing and I'm proud of the progress that you're doing. And that you're making, the emeralds that you're making, the transcending of your dynamic nature. I'm glad that you're making room, that you're making waves and making waves. I am glad that hip-hop is now a force to be reckoned with. And I'm glad that I have lived long enough to love it all over again. fellow storytellers oracles and other writing troublemakers it is that time again for me to leave you to your thoughts and words remember to follow the writer's block podcast on social media you can find us at the writer's block official on instagram and the writer's block podcast on facebook if you are interested in advertising with us would like a book to be recommended or know an indie author who needs more shine make sure, pretty please, to email us at circletherwritersblock at gmail.com. Special thanks to Valor Music LLC, based out of San Antonio, Texas, for all audio production and mixing. Remember, you have the power to bend blank pages to the will of your pen. See you all again next time when we circle the block.